Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Chaos and Shadow podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Pagan. Pagan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I am very well, thank you. We are live here over on twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Paranormal, and we have an amazing guest for everyone tonight. The one, the only, Tudor Beth. For those in chat, you are getting to see one of my favorite books on screen, The Hedge Witch's Little Book of Spells, Charms, and Brews. For those out there, you know I love this book because I myself am only coming to witchcraft recently, maybe past year and a half. So to have a book that you can pick up that gives you great introductions on oils on on candles on many other topics cannot get enough of that but wait we can get more of it because tudor beth just <laughs> came out with a seasonal magic book tudor beth welcome to the podcast how are Hi. you doing today i'm very well thank you i'm very well how are you uh, ecstatic just really excited <laughs> to to get to share in this magical energy we're coming off of a full moon high as well so mm -hmm. i don't know if you did anything for that but i i kind of got in groove with some energy that night and i liked it yes well we uh celebrate like three nights of the full moon so it uh tonight is also like a, a the waning gibbous so uh you can do stuff tonight as well because it was traditionally it was friday saturday and then sunday now, it fell upon a Christian festival, probably the one of the most religious ones in the Christian calendar. So I was just rather respectful and I, I didn't do too much of my witchiness. But um, yeah, I usually light my candles and uh, it's also a tie. I would use that kind of energy to remember family members that, that I've lost or have transitioned in the past year or so. So I, I was just sort of a nice kind of you know, memorable type of Easter period. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. I am someone mm. who has kind of gone back and forth with Easter as a celebration. I was brought up myself in a, a, a non-practicing uh, Christian family. Family mostly was Catholic, actually split between the parents. So uh, it, um, <laughs> you know, it, it makes for a strange Easter, if you will. Some are really into it, some not so much. So I can agree. And coming into you know, witchcraft in itself or, or just picking up these non um, non Christian traditional things is uh, makes you look at it in a whole new light as well um, to reevaluate some holidays and see some of the carryover from, uh, again, mainstream Christianity and other practicing things in the main stage to what witches and pagans have done historically for ages. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And a lot of the symbols and the imagery within, within Christianity, dare I say, is actually pagan. So, yes. uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot there that we can relate to. And, and indeed, even if you do go to church and you are a practitioner of the craft and you feel very much at home within the church, especially if it's been built here in uh, the UK and in England or in Ireland or anywhere, Yes, it will feel very, very familiar to you because more than likely uh, when they built the churches, they would have built it over a sacred spring. Mm -hmm. So you are connecting, even though you've got the Christian church there, you are connecting to onto, onto the next level, your sacred pagan spring that's underneath the church. So, yeah. Whoa. And then 
That's so cool. Oh, you didn't know that. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. They, they don't teach us that in at least American Christianity. They, they don't tell us any of that. They barely like to talk about the historical religion history of how the church came about. I learned more about that in um, my world religion class than I did actually growing up in the church. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why a lot of the cathedrals, if you go around any of the, of Europe's cathedrals and also um, Great Britain's cathedrals as well, the United Kingdoms, you'll always see like like pieces of of nature. There's in in the architecture. There's like nature coming through. Whether if it's the stone cutter or you know the stonemasons created like leaves in the columns mm-hmm. and things like that. And of course, you'll find if you look hard enough, you will find the Green Man. Or you'll find Hearn the Hunter. You'll find them in these ancient churches, you know, these Norman churches over a thousand years old, these churches and cathedrals. If you look hard enough, you will see the pagan influences coming through. It's it's almost like the 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 pagan within the the Christian stonemason. It was like either subconsciously or consciously still working its way out because you have to remember that England was a very much a, a pagan community, as was uh, the most of Europe as well before mm-hmm. Christianity t- took over. So, yeah, and it's it's very interesting in England as well because we had what was called the Whitby Synod. Sorry if I'm going to bore you now with no, medieval. no, no. This is fascinating. This is fascinating. <laughs> Chat is it, it, go, Tudor Bev, go. <laughs> Completely just off off the grid, but That's let's go love. for it. Yeah, <laughs> in the I think it was around about six sixty. AD, we had what was called the Whitby Synod. And it was basically a group of people, they got the church people that got together to decide what type of Christianity would prevail within England. Now, you must remember that there were many different types of Christianity. Uh, it wasn't just Roman Christianity, it was also Celtic Christianity. And so they fought. Um, and they had this great big debate, and it was really interesting because a woman, um, Hilda, she uh, she was a mother superior, she uh, and she became, later became Saint Hilda, but she she fought on the side of Celtic Christianity, and of course, unfortunately, it was Roman Christianity that that prevailed. But I often think how the world would have been different if if Celtic Christianity had found its way through. Um, it, you know, it's just it's just fascinating. But that was over a thousand years ago that we were fighting that, and th- th- there's so many differences, so different between Celtic Christianity and Roman Christianity. So, wow. would you like to learn a little but, bit more? About yes, Celtic? yes. Could, yes. I was going to actually. I was debating. <laughs> am I going to be asking too much to say? Can Tudor Breath? Can you tell us some of the examples of what might make those two different? <laughs> <laughs> give us our history lessons please because you know uh, us americans don't know our history as well as we should <laughs> that's okay it's right. okay, okay um well basically celtic christianity um has three central components let's just I'll break it all down it's really small so three central components for celtic christianity which is pilgrimage individuality and freedom. Now, when you compare that to Roman Christianity, whose you could say three central core components is sin, sacrifice, 
and submission, submission to the status quo. So you can see the huge difference there from a spiritual and also a mystical experience. And that Celtic Christianity is coming up from the Celts themselves, which when you're a witch or a pagan, that's our ancestors. That's the Hegtessa, that's that's that, that's that, you know, that the hedge witch, the 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 Celt, the the pagan, the nature, the individuality, the freedom, and then also that element of pilgrimage, which is that pilgrimage not only to a physical place. Uh, such as a sacred spring to worship the gods or what have you, but also that pilgrimage to to yourself as well. So when you compare all of that, that's that's all come through the melting pot of generations to form that form of Celtic Christianity. Um, and so this is what I mean when you go around old ancient churches and you still see remnants of of that Christianity coming through that that deep-seated nature environment that's there it's it's always there and especially in british churches you you will find like i say the green man or hern the hunter or that the columns are all made of it looks like leaves it's like the stonemasons created you know nature from the stone to epitomize the fact that we you know our first cathedrals were churches were, were trees Mm-hmm. So it's it's there, it's always there. But yes, Celtic Christianity and then Roman Christianity. And I often think about how the world would have been or what it would look like if we'd gone down that route of Celtic Christianity, had had won here at that debate in 660 AD in Whitby, which is also in Yorkshire. <laughs> Again with Yorkshire. Uh, but before we got into uh, the call tonight uh, and all this, Tudor Beth and I were actually talking about Yorkshire and how Yorkshire tends to historically start a lot of battles that happened in England. They, they like to pick the fights, apparently. <laughs> but this is actually a really fascinating thing that, A, I didn't even know that there was a Celtic version of Christianity. You know, I've always only heard of the Roman Um, But this is just so fascinating to hear that there was a completely different way that honestly sounds a lot more like kind of Christian uh, witchcraft or that kind of thing. So it's really fascinating. Mm, Absolutely. And, And that's where a lot of it is stemmed from. And a lot of families who are Celtic in origin um, like my own, you know, with the Scottish and the Irish and the Welsh, that's all come through from generations upon generations. And, and you know, it's still there. It's still there. There's quite a lot of families that still follow the old ways. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I am absolutely <laughs> fascinated. Pagan, I want to say, and I, I'm not trying to quote this too much, but I want to mm-hmm. say that in the past when Michelle Belanger came by, she may have mentioned a topic to us of that split in, in Christianity way in passing. And I'm so happy, Tudor Beth, that you brought that up because I only had like the faintest memory of that, but never had gotten around because only faint that uh, never looked into it to hear how different that could be in changing just the way people practice and live their lives. Because over here in the United States, we had, uh, you know, Puritans come over and instill a very 
very strict view of, of what religion should be. And so we, well, have, you know, a very oppressed, suppressed and destroyed destroyed attacked native american group that was pushed out of the land and in its place a very domineering christianity to fill that void and so only now are we in the united states even starting to i hesitate to say we're having the conversation because we're not having as much as we need but we're talking about the sacred land a little bit we're trying to talk Mm -hmm. about what damage has been done to it and and kind of like talking back to the book uh, you know i think us as witches and practitioners are always seeking ways to reconnect and if we can t- kind of talk back to that pagan I- the pagan spring idea i know a lot mm. of us are trying to find ways to mm, find and honor spaces for ourselves here without you know offending any spirits past present future you know making it a, a wholesome may i say spiritual ecosystem of sorts to, mm-hmm. to really reinstill that respect back into it and i'd be curious how how you might feel like with the seasons changing as we're in the middle of it now how people can kind of take advantage of that like how can we sort of spring forward into some good energy i think i always try to make it as practical as possible with people and i always say it's like the smallest of steps the smallest of things that you can do so for example you know, not only going out and being in nature and going for a walk in the countryside or in your local city park or just just getting out there and and feeling the air around you. And when I say feeling the air, it's it's it is sensing that air. It's it's smelling that air. It's it's almost like opening your mouth and and like tasting the air and, you know, really just allowing it to be all around you. That there is that as well, but there's also the fact that what I've often said is like it's about changing your habits, and and that includes your eating habits as well. So go to your local market, go to your local food market, not the supermarket with with everything. Um, as I always try to, you know, you're not going to eat spring onions in December. That's what I always tr- say that to people as well. It's like eat the vegetables, eat the fruit, the vegetables, the land that is given us at that time of that season. Don't, don't be expecting to go picking, you know, strawberries in, in January. It's not going to happen. If if you live in the Northern hemisphere, that is not going to (laughs) happen. You know, you just, you can't do it. So don't expect to go and buy them in the supermarket. Go to your local local uh, farmers market uh, and get the food that is there that's about bringing it in. that's about the practicality of bringing it bringing it all in and acknowledging the seasons is it's also what you eat what you cook with and 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 also expressing it by just being out in nature that's something that I, I'm very much working on uh, now. And, and, and Pagan, I'm sure, will chime in here in a bit, mm-hmm. too, because Pagan's a massive gardener. But, but one of the things that we've been doing just around the, the podcast and around the network here is um, we, I, I, I have an old Victorian-era house that I'm living in, and our audience has really been helping to, to restore it and rebuild. And that's, that's a 
that's something different and unique for our community because the house has history. It's got hundreds of, of years of history. So there's a spirit to the place and and it has that land that has historically had some farming to it in the past. And so bringing all these sort of items together, um, I, I, I raved to you in, in your email briefly when we were going back and forth, but this book, the, the previous one, Spells, Charms and Brews, was really a great way for me to start my practice when I really didn't have any spell books of my own, when I really didn't have anything to kind of rely on, um, even just to get me into understanding the basics. Of course, there's the internet, but to have it in the way that you present it made me feel empowered. And I think that's one of the coolest things out there is to give people the the little push they need to be able to start and taking things on at their own speed, which you do very well in the book is encouraging people. So I, yeah. I just absolutely love that. If you want to talk on that, I can't thank you enough for it. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. That's exactly what, how and why I intended to, uh, to write it um, many years ago. I mean, even though I did grow up in in the environment of of witchcraft and, and being surrounded by it and learning it, um, I did look at other people's books. I did look at other forms of witchcraft because there are many, many different forms of witchcraft. I'm a, I'm familiar with with the hedge witches, with with our, our solitary practitioner, and the very much being of nature and the recipes and all the rest of it, um, and the acknowledgement of of nature and the seasons. And a lot of witchcraft does does do that, but there's also different, bit, like I say, variants. And I would buy these witchcraft books and I found that and I found them really really complicated I remember reading one once and I thought oh my gosh you know I need to have like a physics degree to understand <laughs> this because you know and it was talking about um how to do a spell and you needed to be sort of like in the west and it had to be you know and you and the, the way they calculated the times and this that and the other and i'm thinking oh my you know gods we never did that at all we don't do that uh, you know it was just absolutely bizarre so so that was one of the main things that really prompted me to write write it as it is and I always want to in, in, empower people to take it upon themselves to have a go and, and doing this because whatever spell I've written, it is a hundred times better if the person who wants that outcome is doing it themselves. So I I write the ingredients, I you know, just like a recipe, just like a recipe. That's all they are. Is this is the spell, it's a recipe, and it's a wish on top of that. And and it's, it, you know, if that person is doing it themselves, if you've written it really clearly, that that reader can do it themselves and have the same, just ex exactly the same impact and outcome as if I'd done it, you know, for them or what have mm -hmm. you. But it, it's just, yeah, I wanted people to be able to, I wanted to empower people and get them to do it themselves. Yeah. Uh, I think that makes so much sense because it's true. There are some books out there that you need to go find crazy ingredients that you've never heard of, <laughs> or you'll need to be under a specific astrological sign at a specific time during a specific day. And it's like, but I have to work. I can't be there at that time. I can't do that at that time. Can I just do this like on a Friday night when I don't have anything else planned? 
Yeah. And it, it works just as well. And that was the beauty of your book that I also found that it was simple and yes. didn't take 10 hours to do the spell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I know. So, oh dear. Yeah. That, that was, thank you. I'm glad you picked up on that because yeah, that was the what was one of the major reasons why I started writing um, my spell books was was because of the just the, the madness of it all. It was like, oh, please, just you know, we don't do that. We just we've never done that. You know, <laughs> yes. my, my ancestors didn't have this, that, and the other. They wouldn't wait, you know, until three twenty-seven p.m. on a you know, like you say, on a Friday night to do this and uh, you know. And, have some owl feather that's now extinct or something it's just like i oh, forget it you know it doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> that is a, such a gr- great and relevant point to bring up because we like have this hollywood romanticized version of what the witch is and oh they're always able to sneak away and they've always got the hut with all the ingredients and that is a great, like, you know, I, I get the projection of that archetype, but our ancestors were hiding the craft from very documented <laughs> persecution. Where were these, you know, I, I they only wish they had those magic huts to hide away in. And mm-hmm. yeah, when we start seeing this kind of marketed version of witchcraft these days, it's cool that we are getting books out in this major scene. But of course, yeah, there's people that are, you know, trying to, to overpackage, oversell, overpromise that you've got to have this certain way. So to see you go out there and 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 show people and, and just give small, easy to work with examples is really what I personally as a practitioner am interested in. Cause that gives me like you both were saying, it gives you the the tools, it gives you the framework to build as you will. Yes, absolutely. And and that's what it is. It's all like stepping stones. Um, uh, Llewellyn of, of, of publishing some more of these books and uh, there's probably, I don't know how many there's going to be. They've called it the Little Hedge Witchery Library. Um, and there's another one on its way um, at the publishers. Um, and you're going to love that one. Oh, you were so, you, if you've got the garden, you were so going to love the next one um, as well. But, um, and then I'm writing the fourth one as well and each one of them is like a stepping stone further down the little crookedy path down to the hedge witch's cottage on the borders of the woods and the town you know she's just mm-hmm. where she is and each one of those books is getting you further and further and further down that road um so yeah, the first one was very, very genetic, and it was a lovely introduction into hedge witchery. I, d- I did, I do love the the very first one. I always love every book that I write. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those mothers that have no favorites when it comes to my children, and my children are my books. <laughs> so I, I love them all. You're all lovely, um, but yeah, the, the the first one, you never forget your first. Um, yeah. It was a great introduction into into everything, and and you can take that book as well, and then apply it to all the others because it's got all the key, like out like you said, like all the key elements, and and you know how to how do you do a charm? How do you do a spell? How do you make a brew? What you know what what's the basics? And then we go a little bit further down into that path of the hedge witch and it, we we come across the seasonal magic. So now we're getting a bit more specific. We're looking at certain 
uh, times of the year. We're looking how we can draw all those correspondences in and we're looking how we can apply it to our lives, to our busy modern day lives. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a, a hedge witch, like I say, living in a forest. You can actually be living in a city as well. Um I, I lived in London for, for many years, over a decade. I lived in London and I was still a hedge witch in London. So, you know, I made myself get to the parks and things like that. So, it, you know, it, it's a state of mind. That's It's not exactly all about the environment where you're at. It's also a state of mind and to get yourself into that place mm-hmm. as well. I absolutely love in the, the new one, um, the seasonal magic book, that you have so many great jam recipes and jellies and chutneys <laughs> and all these wonderful, delicious looking recipes. And I'm like, well, I will have access to all of these later this year. So I guess this yep. is what I'm going to be canning. This will be fantastic. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. I've got... Um, yeah, I've got my herbs growing and, and this, that and the other. And I keep looking at all different things. And then I go for, for long walks as well. And I don't know about you guys over there, but we've um, we've got all the new nettles out now. And nettles mm-hmm. are lovely in the spring. They taste, to me, that I think they taste better in the spring. It's the, it's the best time to go harvesting the nettles yes. to make the pesto. Um, because they're like, there's, it's a really strong kind of taste, like a spinachy taste as well and then it's all the other bits and uh, ingredients as well that you would add to it um to make a pesto or, or a sauce or, or something with them and you can use them exactly the same way as you would do spinach so if you were making like a spinach um tort or something like that and and cheese tort with spinach cheese and spinach you would use the nettles as, instead so you, ju- you just like change the recipe to with to the spin um to the nettles but we've also got garlic mustard that's growing wild as well and uh and that's got like a horseradishy kind of taste to it when you when you make that as well so um yeah at the spring is just great and we've had really lovely weather it's just been perfect for for the blossoms and for for like i say garlic mustard and and the normal mustard that comes out and all the lovely nettles so it's like you go foraging and you just come back and you go oh yes then you're just so busy <laughs> you come back to carry a bags full of food <laughs> right it's so true like my my backyard is full of uh some henbit and some purple dead nettle and um lots and lots of chickweed and mm. so many great little herbs and stuff that i'm like okay and also the wild garlic and the wild onions and everything else i'm like well, I don't have to go anywhere. I can just go out back and harvest what I need. And it's great. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and with the recipes in here as well, I mean, the, the all the, the canning and the, the making the chutneys and the jams and the jellies. And, and of course, also the, you know, the nice herbal drinks as well for detoxing mm-hmm. and things like that for, for the spring. Um, yeah, it's great. I, 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 you know, and you can keep those things. And the things with the, the chutneys, the longer they are left, the better they taste. So that that's really good as well. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so wonderful to uh, to read all that. And I, I kind of, when I opened up the book and I read it, and I, my husband was like, why do you have a really big smile on your face? And I said, there's canning recipes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's all magic that is all you know (laughs) coming through and it's like yeah this is magic this is what else we do we don't you know and it's not and it isn't just 
kitchen witchery because it's it is also that hedge witch's part because you're going out there probably on your own and you're you're with nature and you're looking at all around you and you 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 may even say I'm just going to take a couple of leaves or I'm just mm-hmm. going to take a couple of things and you do actually say you know if anybody sees you talking to yourself in the garden or what have you you know um but you do because so you you're communing with nature all the time and you're aware aware of the energies around you all the time and you're like I'm just gonna take this you know I'm just pull some of this out and I'm just gonna can I just have some of that please thank you very much mother goddess and I thank you very much it's a lovely harvest and I can't wait to eat it (laughs) I'm really thankful I don't have close neighbors because they'd probably think I was crazy (laughs) with how much I talk to my plants (laughs) that's good yeah, I, I'm yeah, like, look at you! You're growing so big. It's so cute. Oh, you you you've got little buds on you now. Okay, <laughs> keep going. Good job. <laughs> Talk to them like they're my kids. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I bet they're growing marvelously as well. They are. <laughs> it's the magic. About the energy. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, we have a a great question about this uh, in in chat here from our our Twitch chat. Jenny out there says uh, to Tudor Beth, do you remember what was told by your grandmother on a recipe that may have opened your mind to magic? And we had read your bio beforehand, which mentioned having the Irish great grandmother and the Welsh great grandmother. So I know chat had had some questions for you on that. And I think this is a really fun one to talk about what recipes might have opened your mind to magic. Um, I think probably, well, it all stemmed from my father, actually, as well. Um, it was my, my father was a, a chef. And so was his father. It wasn't, it, you know, this is the myth about witchcraft as well. It doesn't all, always come down from the female side. It does come down from the male side as well. And my father learned it from his grandmother, who was the Welsh uh, great grandma, my Welsh great grandmother. Um, because during the war, he was one of those children that was uh, sent up into the countryside and uh, away f- away from from London. Um, and and both his parents, both grandma and granddad, were in the services. Grand- grandma was a, a, a midwife and a nurse, so she she was off doing the nurse stuff. And my grandfather went off. He was in the navy, so poor old dad. He he got you know stationed over with his um, with my great grandmother, grandmother Fl- Granny uh, Flora, and it was there that he learned absolutely everything from. And he he always used to say to me, "I wish I'd learned more. I wish I'd listened more because she knew every plant, every herb, absolutely everything that grew in the countryside and and everywhere. And and she she taught him so much." And I think it wasn't necessarily a recipe as such. It was with my dad and we were, we were, we were always out in nature and I was with my dad and um, I was a little bit hungry and we passed the hawthorn tree. I didn't know it was the hawthorn tree then. And he picked a couple of leaves and he sort of washed it with like a bottle of water and he sort of washed it and he went, here you go, that'll take care of you of your hunger till we get home and you can eat hawthorn leaves and he grown up with it being called um well there's lots of different terms for it but it, it was called the bread and butter plant because or the bread and cheese plant because people used to eat it to stave off um hunger 
and uh, eat the leaves. You just eat the leaves. It's fine. And uh, so I remember that. And then, and then from then, he taught me all about the hawthorn. So it started off with a walk in the countryside, and then it developed into well, actually, you can make uh, a jam with the berries. You can you can make a drink with the uh, petals and the flowers that come in the spring and in the leaves. You can eat, and um, and he also. And he taught, he learned all of that from, of course, his his grandmother, my great grandmother. So it had come back, it come all the way through to me. So it wasn't just one recipe; it was it was one tree, and then it just grew and grew and grew, and then that was it. And then it was just absolutely everything, um, because the hawthorn is an amazing tree or bush. It it you can just everything. It's just a very very good one, and it's. And it's also, um, you know, it lowers cholesterol, it lowers blood pressure. It's very medicinal. It's a very, very good plant. And in World War One, you know, they used to um, in England also they used to uh, dry the leaves and smoke it like they did tobacco because they couldn't get tobacco because of the war. So they used to smoke the hawthorn leaves. There you go. Oh, wow, that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I I have a, 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 I guess a, a recent interest in um, the English countryside in that way. Some of our, our uh, viewers out in chat, we shared around this cute BBC program from a couple years ago where they recreated life on Victorian and Edwardian farms and got a couple of our listeners very interested um, in, in just bringing that back to, to basic sort of lifestyle where a lot of those plants and just different herbs that have been used and completely forgotten about uh, you were mentioning how the the supermarkets these days it's a bunch of shipped in food that's not in season a lot of it's kind of maybe pesticide or however you want to look at it in that sense depending on your country but it's not what's going on out there in nature right now in your backyard it's something very disconnected from you so to find you have all kinds of plants that we just look at as inedible because they've fallen out of our mm-hmm. favor right now. It's sad because you could just go out there and enjoy and bask in nature and really replenish yourself off its bounties. But so it's, uh, it's something we've talked to a couple guests about here and there. And it's something I really would like to do more of this year. Some wild crafting, some foraging and and. I, you, books are a great way to do it. Pagan, like you said, some of these chutneys and things in here. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, Tudor Beth, this gives us a little bit of time here towards the end, especially where I want to talk about what we want to do this Saturday, because you are joining us for what we like to call our Say on Saturday segment. That's a time where we like to sit down with our guests from our Mondays, our chats here, and we like to get a little practical with it, whether it's performing a spell together. Uh, Pagan's done some beautiful crafting on the stream before, making some things in the kitchen. So we like to do all kinds of different things, from from the spiritual to the the hands-on, and kind of just curious because uh, you're, these are two great tomes of things we could do. Do you have any personal polls right now? Any magic that you're kind of eager to do uh, with an audience? Well, um, it's funny you should say that because um, I was going to start off something today and then come Saturday, it will have fermented and we can do what I plan to do with it. But what I, what I, what I basically, I'm going to, well, see what you think um i've got i've got a sort of um a, a rotor cuff injury so uh, in your arm and your shoulder so i need to make some massaging 
balm or a massaging potion. Um, so what I have got, I don't know, I don't know if this is being videoed. Yes. But, yes. Okay, right. So I've just got a very, very simple little glass jar and it's got a nice lid and stuff. It used to be one of those candles that um, American candles, that's all I will say. They're not very good to re-put the candles back in because they'll, they'll break, but they're brilliant for doing oils and mm -hmm. salts and all of those kind of things. And as a witch, you never throw a glass jar out. I don't never. know what it is. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so many. So earlier on today, I was out in the garden and I got some lemon balm. Okay, so I've got a couple of sprigs of lemon balm. I've washed them. When I say wash herbs and things, um, it's just running it under a warm tap and then letting it uh, dry on the draining board and things. I've also got some lovely sprigs of fresh rosemary. I love rosemary. I love rosemary. It's one of my favorite herbs. Okay. And I've also got my favorite in honor of dad and great grandmother, um, a fresh sprig of hawthorn as well. Okay. So what I'm basically going to do, I'm going to sort of, I always bruise um, the uh, herbs and, mm -hmm. and plants and leaves and things sort of like tear them up a bit if you've got a pestle mortar you can do that but i prefer it gets a bit too harsh if you do that um with this so i'm just going to tear them and put them in the jar i've got quite a bit um so it's lemon balm a bit of rosemary a couple of sprigs of rosemary and then just um a little bit of hawthorn and i'm going to make some potion with it i'm going to make a massage potion for my for my shoulder now i've got them in there you go they're there in the glass jar and i'm going to pour olive oil just olive oil okay i'm going to pour it right in because i'm going to make a nice batch of this so i'm really covering all the oils oh i wish you could smell it um <laughs> it smells really nice <laughs> so really really pour that in some nice oil there we go olive oil olive oil is the best my grandmother yes. used to rub olive oil um into my father when he was a little infant when he was a newborn baby and he had the most beautiful skin even when he was old he never had wrinkles at all um okay so there you go it's in with the olive oil the herbs are in with the olive oil and i'm going to leave that now until saturday um basic rule with the herbs uh you leave it no um no less than five days and no more than five months so the longer the kind of the better but we're going to aim for saturday for for, to, for for the show because then after that i'm going to drain it off and we're going to make a balm with it so if anybody's got any uh any jars any moisturizing jars or anything like that um that's what we're going to pour it into and we're going to add some beeswax and we're going to make some massaging oil and i'm going to show you what you do with it it's a potion um and all will be revealed on saturday oh is that okay oh, that sounds great i do have one question yeah. though yeah um so obviously it, hawthorne is a little harder to get a hold of over here um mm -hmm. 
could we substitute like if we don't have lemon balm or hawthorn i have rosemary but um i don't have lemon balm or hawthorn uh could we substitute those for like maybe mint and clove which also have really great properties for massage yes absolutely you could do that or if you've got some daisies growing in the garden you can pick up some daisies and you can make daisy massage um as well okay yeah exactly with exactly the same way put uh, quite a bit of daisies in with the oil um, and you can use rosemary or or any of the others because I'm aware that some people might be allergic to some of those um, some of those herbs in there. Like a lot of mm-hmm. people are actually allergic to lavender and they don't realize it. Um, it's just one of those plants that can have give you a, a reaction. So yeah, anything at all. Awesome. <laughs> that yeah. is so great. I mean, that is that is perfect too, but for what we're looking to do. A, a wonderful <laughs> two-parter and a tease for people. But you know, they they definitely are gonna want to make sure they caught this part to get all set up. So folks out there in chat, I hope you're grabbing some ingredients and getting your your setup ready. I'm really excited for that because I, I had only I guess last summer started to mess around with some balms and salves. So that like just an exciting, cool area at the time. I was only playing with it, dare I say, in a non-magical way. Like I hadn't even gotten to the stage of considering like imbuing it with intent and different herb blends and things like that. I was just getting around the practicals of how, how do you make it? What's the density and all that? So I this is going to be one of those natural pushes for me to get back to work, get back into the kitchen and, and do that my own um, sort of path. So again, just a beautiful setup. And for everyone at home, this is, I hope, a great chance for you to feel inspired and empowered because that's what it's all about and oh, gosh mm-hmm. Tudor Beth just a great great it's setup really for easy. us it's, yeah it's really really easy to make your own oils and your own massage oils and you know the more you do it the more you get used to it and the more you know which uh, which herbs you like which plants you like what you know what you can use um yeah just practice 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 and you'll get used to it that's it that's mm-hmm. it, everybody. Get to practicing. So, Tudorbeck, <laughs> as we're kind of bringing it uh, towards a close for this evening, a question for you about your many projects, your many books that are going on. What all would you like to promote for people tonight? Because we've been shouting out the Hedge Witch's Little Book of Seasonal Magic all evening. We've been talking about the, uh, your other book, Spells, Charms, and Brews. But I think you have some other works that you might want people to check out in your collection. What's going on in the uh, authoring world for you? Oh, gosh. I Yeah, you're quite right. <laughs> I have so many books. <laughs> um, I really do have loads of books. Um, I Well, when I was growing up, I didn't, we didn't really have many books that were about pagan wheel of the year, you know, um, you know, it, you know, if it, it would have things about Christmas, it wouldn't have things about Yule, like it would have Easter, it wouldn't have a Stara, you know, and things like that. Um, there wasn't any really pagan children books. Um, and I started a series of, of pagan children, children's books. Now, the name isn't Tudor Beth with this. The name is Flora Beth Edwards, and that was actually my great-grandmother. That was Dad's uh, grandmother that taught her taught him quite a bit, um, all about the nature and things. And I started it off with the Fairy Codex, okay? And and also the Dragon, the Witch, and the Thirteen is the second one in the series. And uh, I think you can get them um, on Amazon and things and all over the place. So, that, so there's that. So there's like a children's. Um, series that I've started writing 
specifically for children that are gr- being, you know, growing up in the pagan environment. And there's, like I say, there's not much around there for us. Um, the other books that I'm, <laughs> I'm always writing, I make myself laugh. Like I say, I've got one with the fourth book of the Hedge Witches book that I'm writing for Llewellyn. But I'm also at the same time writing. I've been, I had this idea for so long. Um, for years and years, I've been working on it. And I, I ended up calling it the Witchiac. And basically, it's the Witch's Zodiac. So whatever month you're born in, that's the type of witchcraft you will feel not more naturally inclined to go towards. So, for example, March is the Hedge Witch. March is a hedge witch. So if you're born in March, you're predominantly a hedge witch. And in the in the witchyac books of each month and each witch, I, I t- describe all the different kind of practices and there's recipes in there once again and there's an there's the example of spells and there's also the magical practices and things like that. Um, and I d- I've just done them on Kindle because... No publisher wanted it, but um, like they do. But so I've been working on that as well. So that's a series of 12 books. Because I don't know about you, when you read about your own horoscope and you've got a big book of the horoscope, you have to look through everybody else's. And and when you're a Pisces, you're like, you're right at the last and you're just like, oh, I just want to read my own. So I split these, the Witchiac up. And it's it's just specifically for that particular witch and that particular month, um, and they're they're like I say they're available on on Kindle. So that's what I've been working on at the moment as well. And then the very first book, you're gonna be sorry you asked me that question. Not right? at all. <laughs> no. uh, we're adding to our shopping cart, if anything. <laughs> right? I don't know if that's what you mean by sorry, but I you know we're in. <laughs> and the very very first book. Um, that got published a couple of years ago. It's a beautiful book. I'll hold it up. Wow. It's just been bought by Red Wheel, um, mm-hmm. and, and they've started publishing it now. It was originally Edison, which got taken over by Welbeck Publishers. But this is another seasonal book. Always about the seasons. I love the seasons. But this is a little bit different. This isn't my hedge witchery. This was a, like a generic spell book for the seasons. And the reason why this one is a little bit different is that each season is represented by a certain set of um, the divine gods. For example, spring is ruled by the Celtic uh, deities and summer is the Greek, ancient Greek deities. Mm -hmm. Autumn is the ancient Roman deities. And of course, the winter is my wonderful Norse uh, gods and, you know, deities and things. So there's quite a... um, you know, I talk about Odin um, in this one, the gods of the winter and things like that. So this is really, if you're following the practice of of the gods, I know that not many witches and practitioners do follow um, the gods, but I, I did grow up with them and, and, and adhering to them and this, that and the other. So, yes, so there's that one. So, yeah, I'm quite busy. <laughs> I have that one. It's gorgeous. Go buy it, everyone. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful book. I have to it admit, it's stunning. It's a beautiful book. Yeah, yeah. It's still got quite a lot in it. It's got quite a lot, not as much as the Hedge Witches books because I was re- I was counting up how many spells I put in these, and it's about over a hundred. 
I put it in his Hedgewitch's book. It's just like, yes, 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 I'll have loads of spells in there. Um, yeah, I go, I go to town with the Hedgewitch's books because that's what I am. So I feel really comfortable with doing that. But yes, this was a couple of years ago, but it is a beautiful book and it's still available. And like I say, uh, I think Red Wheel has just taken it mm-hmm. on. But yeah, yeah beautiful. And I, I don't think you, you can't get that one um, on, as an ebook, whereas the seasonal books, you can. Llewellyn's, that's good with Llewellyn because you can get them um, as an ebook. But uh, yeah, this is you wouldn't want this. The, truth be told, that book I don't think anybody would really want as an ebook because mm. there's so much imagery in it that's so gorgeous. I that know. It, it, like buy a copy, you won't regret it. I promise. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the the Witchiac books. Now, uh, how do you spell the the titles? And you said those are on uh, Kindle, or are they still coming to Kindle? Um, they're on Kindle. They're on okay. Kindle. Um, I've done. I've done November. I started with our year. I started with uh, the out month of our year starts with in November. You know, just after Halloween, and we start November. That's our new year. So I started November, which is the Shadow Witch, and then I go into December, which is the Green Witch, and then January, February, March, April, May, June, and July. I've just done July, and that's the Sea Witch. Um, but it covers all the different types of witches and it's ju- it draws in all the different correspondences. So it's determining what type of the craft that particular person born in that in that month would be more leaning towards. So I was thinking it for people who were new to the craft um, and, and, you know, didn't have the opportunity to grow up in the environment of being surrounded by witches <laughs> and pagans. Um so yeah, it's called uh, Witchiac. It's W I T C H I A C. Witchiac. So it's witch and then eac. Found them. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm like, I need to go buy these books. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to make sure I was spelling it correctly because Amazon kind of looked at me funny and was like, um, I don't know what you're trying to ask me. <laughs> so. And, and also- yeah, and also because it's it is Tudor Beth, but it's Tudor Beth with a space. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, when it's on on its when it's on my Kindle, it's Tudor Beth, Tudor Beth, Tudor Beth, but with a space in between. Yeah, people out there. I don't in know why. It's like, if you've ever self published stuff on on uh, Amazon Kindle, you'll understand why it mm-hmm. won't accept one word. You've got to split it up. It's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kindle gets a little iffy about stuff like that. That is yeah. so strange. It is very weird that they don't let you have, you know, pen names and all kinds of different things up there. You yeah. think they'd know. It's not a new concept, Kindle. But we make do with the technology as best we can, I suppose. And Chad out there was asking the similar questions. They're like, where's my book? Where's October? So <laughs> those are still oh, coming, everybody. Yeah. And I'm an October yeah. person, too. So don't you worry, yeah. Chad. I'm like, where? what's going on? How do I get it on my magic? <laughs> Oh, you're a cosmic witch. I can't wait <gasps> to write that one. Oh, cosmic witch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really okay. Looking to a lot of friends that are born in October as well. So I was like, oh, yes. Yes. I can go put that in. Yes. We're all excited. <laughs> We're all October babies in this group. <laughs> My husband and me and Kyle, you yep. other people. We're all October babies. <laughs> oh. You know, you know where to go to market. <laughs> You know where to yeah, go to market like, the October portion. We're we're all like super eager to get in. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, 
I should have started it in October, not over no, not November. <laughs> I mean, we'll still wait. We'll still do yeah. it. Um, my daughter is a December witch, so which is really funny because that's the green witch, and I'm like, yeah, that fits. That fits her very much. She she is yeah. definitely a green witch. <laughs> yeah, and and in in them, I describe the personality. I do the character. I do what they're like in love. I do what their career should be like. Um, oh, wow. and, you know, and if they were like, and their famous witch, who their famous witch might be. Um, and some of them are historical witches. And then some of them are like, you know, the TV type of witches as well. Um, but yeah, so I do, do like all of it. Um, and, and like if you went to a, a dressing up party, what would you kind of wear? What would a green witch wear? What would right. the kind of character she would be or they would be? So, yeah. So <laughs> I just, now, I had a lot of fun with them. I love them. Is that, is that book appropriate for kids? She's nine. And some oh. witchcraft books are appropriate. Some are not. <laughs> um. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. That's fine. She can wait. It's cool. <laughs> yes. You read yours first and then you realize, because I do go, I do talk about sexuality as well. That's so fair. maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the, I told her that the the seasonal magic book of yours, she could read. Um, but the Hedgewitch's book has some stuff about sex in it as well. So yeah. she couldn't read that one. So it's like, nope, not yet. Soon. Nope. <laughs> she, she might like the fairy codex, though. I think she will. Yeah, she probably will definitely like those. That and, is and the dragon the witch and the 13 she liked them yeah a lot, a lot of my kids like those as well it's not an area i mean you brought this up a little bit earlier but it's not an area we see a lot of publishing uh in i there's just there is a certain educational age gap there that just assumes and starts speaking to a much older which, and I'm sure that's just because of how witchcraft has become more public over the years. It has been something more for adults done in private, if you will. But now, as it's becoming its own thing culturally and where everyone is making more space for it, it's really good to be putting out awesome educational material for, for kids to get involved and just, again, making them feel empowered, making people feel like there's other folks out there doing other cool things alongside you. So I just know on behalf yeah. of the community, I'm really appreciative of that. Mm -hmm. oh, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, like I say, when I was growing up, there wasn't anything, there was nothing at all because it, you didn't discuss it. You did not talk about it. Um, close friends knew what my family were like <laughs> but um that was about it that was about it you just you just didn't discuss it you know and and unfortunately as well I mean it was just a generation I was born just that generate generation away from people that were like you you had to go to church and if you didn't go to church you know people would start looking at you and and this that and the other you've got to remember that Britain and England is a Christian country and it was just you know two or three generations ago that that you it was very 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 ruled by religion and you went to church on Sunday and you had to go to the social party you know and you had to do all of this and you know if you didn't turn up to to school on the Monday with you know your clean shoes and been to church on this on the Sunday it was you know why didn't you go to church and then this that and the other so it's a bit um yeah it, it, it could have been quite dicey and I, I think a lot of family members you know they 
played lip service to Christianity, but in their heart, they were always, you know, pagans and, and believed and, and followed their own faith. Uh, that's, that's, that's something that's amazing about witchcraft as a whole is it, it does bring us all together as a bunch of people. I, our community at large is a bunch of people that are identify with the rebel, a lot of underdogs out there that have had to pay a lot of lip service to things that they're not a part of. So it's no shock to me that we have such a beautiful tapestry of like all uh, uh, such amazing minority groups all come together under witchcraft and we're all just empowered as ourselves being able to, you know, take something back and it's, I don't know, that's what it all comes down to. I'm sorry, everyone. I've said the word empowerment like a broken record tonight, but that is, <laughs> I think, the key of what it's all about. So making people yes. feel comfortable and like they can do it. And it's, it's a, there's a big step. And once you've taken your first step, it's always easier to do more and more and more. So everyone out mm. there, make sure to go check out Tudor Beth's amazing books. We've shouted them out all night. Now we've given you tons more, uh, more than I have in my library here. Cause Tudor Beth's <laughs> like, yeah, I need to expand my digital library to fit all the, the witchy act books in there. Um, but seriously, go out there, check it out. Tudor Beth, do you have a website or a central location? Someone did ask that in chat and I wasn't sure. Is there, where, where do you send people to online to find your stuff? Um, I think the best bit is just, well, at the moment it's, it is probably just my Amazon page or the Llewellyn has the page as well. Um, which is, you know, pretty good that, that Llewellyn has the, an author page, mm -hmm. um, their books on, but, uh, my Amazon page is, is is probably up to date i do also i was also the um and i am the principal of the british college of witchcraft um but we're updating the site so it's a bit uh, it's a bit iffy i'm um, hopefully it will be all up and running by july um a new website there but it was the british college of witchcraft and wizardry that's a whole other topic to discuss with you. That's a whole other like, because one, I know, sorry to say, I know nothing about that, but I want to know all about it. So part two in the future, question mark. That's what I'm yes. hearing today. <laughs> yeah. Oh. This is going to be great, everyone. Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time, Tudor Beth is joining us for our Seance Saturday segment. You already saw her put together some great herbs. We, uh, If you are listening to this episode back in the audio form on Wednesday, but you want to go catch the video version, that will be up on YouTube. So uh, I will try and include a link for there. But Kyle Paranormal over on YouTube, Tudor Beth's holding up that jar right now, giving those herbs a little shaky shake. So Saturday night, if you want to follow along, Along. We shouted out some great things. Rosemary, uh, could you give us that list again that you used in yours, Tudor Beth? Just one more time to recap for folks out there. Okay, so so mine is going to be a nice deep heat kind of massagey kind of um, uh, potion for my sore shoulder. It's got lemon balm in it, a little sprig of uh, hawthorn from uh, fresh hawthorn from today, and a couple of sprigs of rosemary. It's just coming into flower. You don't need to have the flower, but it, I like the flower because it's pretty. But uh, yeah, so lemon balm, rosemary, and a little bit of hawthorn. The leaves, um, if you could get a hold of the blossom, even better, but I miss the blossom. But the leaves are just as good. 
wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Tudorbeth, thank you for joining us tonight. I am so excited for this weekend. Pagan, yes. thank you for joining us in here, co-hosting and bringing all your knowledge to the table. This has been an absolute blast. I'm going to get ready to hop out of the Zoom call here and do our quick uh, end of stream with everyone out there in chat. So stay uh, tuned for that in just a moment. Tudorbeth, I thank you again from the bottom of my heart. This has been beautiful. You have a great night and have a great rest of the week. We will touch base with you uh, on Saturday then. Yes. Okay, lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. Chat. What a gorgeous, gorgeous stream that was. Tudorbeth shared so much knowledge with us tonight. Our guests are just phenomenal. I cannot rave about them enough. But from the bottom of my heart, thank you all for coming to the stream tonight. Thank you for making this such a beautiful experience for us, for everyone out there. Thank you for making our guests feel so welcome. Great questions all around. Uh, I, I should just recap and say for everyone during the Monday night sessions uh, and, and for our Saturday sessions, I admit I don't get to read all the things in chat, but well, that's a misnomer. I get to read them. I don't get to say them all out loud. So I do see what you're saying out there, everybody. Don't you worry. Um, some of the topics I don't get to dwell on, but the questions have just been next level. I, I got to say, for the last like three or so weeks and, and beyond, you guys have been showing up and delivering great things for our guests, really engaging them in a whole other way. And that's something I'm really happy about uh, with these moves of bringing it over to Twitch on Mondays is that has really opened up these interviews for folks in a new way to just engage and, and, and to be diving in with them. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much for doing that. You may want to consider having a lower third for guests. Uh, the best I could do for that is tell you all it's in the title of the stream. And we do a massive blitz of content in advance. Oh, I'm sorry you still have like half screen over here, folks. Um, but anyway, we do a ton of content like that. I don't do lower thirds because it gets very messy and, and I'm not going to keep up with it. I'll be honest, you'll have like four guests previous. But the update is in the YouTube video on the Twitch. you got the podcast newsletter. If you're not already subscribed to that, make sure you get your name on the mailing list out there that is uh, over on the Twitter page. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Kyle Paranormal. I like to tell people to go there for the newsletter because it's embedded right in Twitter. It's right there on the profile because you can sign up there. Coffee is the membership place to go as well. Uh, we are urgently seeking funding because there's some serious damage to the house. Got some massive bills today. So it was a hard time. And I'm really looking forward to keeping everything going steady and smooth as it is. But it is a time if you haven't become a member yet, we ask for some major support out there. So that is ko-fi.com forward slash Kyle Paranormal. And there are tons of goodies at every single level. If you start off with a $5 level, you're in the cyber coven. Join us for those private Witchy Wednesdays that we do in the Gilded server. Um, we are doing some Witchy Wednesdays public and private as a heads up. So some weeks... It's going to alternate every other, but it's going to be public on certain Wednesdays and then the opposite. It'll be private in the Gilded. It's going to give us a chance to actually perform, show off some magic, show off some crafts, but then do other stuff in private with our members. Discuss our Seance Saturday segments, which if you become a $25 a month level, you can get the video archive. However, I skipped over something really cool at the $15 a month level, which is our digital grimoire. That is something that started and that affects our higher level $55 a month founders because the spells that we've been doing for the founder members, or I'm sorry, for our Witchy Wednesdays are going and getting mailed out to founders. Look out for these. Uh, you actually get your package and have two in there. Boop, boop, boop. People on stream are saying this. I'm sorry. Uh, also, very good ideas tonight, Brian. I like the, the question for Tudor Beth about the website, too. Thank you very, very much for that. Ooh, there went one of the books, but 
It's fine. It's on the floor. Bye-bye, book. I'll pick you up in a second. Uh, I do say some inappropriate things sometimes, says Tilly. No way. You were a perfect angel, and we appreciate it a lot. The feedback, all the information is just absolutely gorgeous. It is so, so, so good to have a loving community that supports what we're doing. So um, to everyone out there, I gotta say, it's just been a gorgeous night. Witchy Wednesday, this Wednesday. Um, it's 420 this week. Stay tuned for timing because I might be at the store that night buying some good 420. So look out for that. That might change Wednesday's plan. I'm still waiting to hear on that one. Uh, but we're looking at doing a hemi-sync session Saturday. Tudor bets back. So I'm getting out of here, everyone. Stay tuned. And if you want some Tuesday, Thursday streams, the place to go, check out the TikTok profile around 11 a.m. Eastern time. That's when I'm doing some content. So that's tiktok.com forward slash at Kyle Paranormal, or just go in your phone and search Kyle Paranormal there. Everyone that has been listening to the podcast, that is following here, that has subscribed and helping us, thank you so much from the bottom of our heart. Go over to Gilded, get involved there, and we'll see you next time, everyone. Have a super safe rest of your evening. Goodbye.